Hello and welcome to the EdSurge On Air podcast, a weekly look at the future of education. I'm Jeff Young, an editor here. Nancy Shue's childhood revolved around her studies. It meant early morning bus rides to school, loads of after-school classes, and by high school, it meant spending 12 hours a day learning. Xu grew up in northwestern China, and the reason for all that studying was a high-stakes test called the Gaokao. It's basically the nationwide college entrance exam, and it's ultra-competitive and, and plays a huge role in shaping the lives of young people. In many cases, this one test determines what kind of job the student might be able to get as an adult, and even where they can live. For Xu, all that studying paid off. She earned a spot in a prestigious university in Shanghai, where she now lives and, and runs an education consulting company called Sevolution. The system worked for her, but now Xu and many others are questioning whether the style of parenting that stresses such rigorous and, and constant study is the best preparation for the world after college. In fact, Xu says attitudes toward education are changing in China. The phrase tiger mother has been used to refer to parents who monitor children super closely and and put high pressure on them to succeed. But now there's a new class of parents in China describing themselves with a softer label, panda moms. Xu says that means encouraging more creativity in kids and self-exploration. I recently sat down with Xu during the Global Education Technology Summit in Beijing to ask her about her ethnographic research into parenthood in China and about what Americans can learn from the Chinese education experience. We'll have that conversation right after this. This episode of the EdSurge On Air podcast is brought to you by the EdSurge Next newsletter. Get the latest news and views about higher education technology each week. Sign up for the EdSurge Next newsletter. Just visit edsurge.com and click on subscribe. I'm here with Nancy Xu. How would you tell us something where you would just characterize a couple differences about the way parents here in China kind of think about sure. education versus the states? Sure. Um, I think there was a book in U.S. really popular. It's called Tiger Mom. And oh, then, yeah. Right? It's like people are shocked by, oh, my God, like, how can you raise a kid like that? Um, I mean, that's actually very common in China, especially my generation. So uh, I born in the 1980s, and then uh-huh. that was like when the Gaokao become a like vehicle for And this you. is the test, the test that you have to get yeah. into college with, right? Right. The so it was like... If you want to get into the top two school, you have to be the top one percent. Yeah. Wow. And then yes. And it's <laughs> and a big one percent of a big number. Yeah, it's a one percent of like millions of people. Like in my province, it was three point five million when the year I took. So I need to get into the top one percent to get into the top tier school, and then, and then that means like I study more than twelve hours per day in high school. You did. I did. You personally. Yeah, I personally did. And you did it. I did it. <laughs> oh, congrats. <laughs> Thank you. And then, In what province is it? It's Shanxi. And Shanxi you can't, these, this is the way it works here. You, to leave your province, like, you kind of have to do this, right? You can't just yeah. go wherever you want. No, because like taking university is like one of the big change in your life that you actually can go different places. By I see. All, it's your right? ticket. Right. It's your ticket to get the best education and also it's your ticket to get into a different place. And so parents clearly put a lot of emphasis on their kids' education. That's the life change chance. And, um, you know, it's like from Asian times, like Confucius or whatever the things that you look into how people talk about education is education is your life ticket to change. And then, but Gaokao basically tangibilize it. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. and 
that passive gao kao is not something born out of nowhere. Like in ancient times, there's already a different format of gao kao that you basically take it and you get into like the institutions or get into the government. Yeah. That becomes like the biggest norm. And we all learn article when we were a kid, like someone will take that gao kao for like 20 years in your life because like take it every year. So that they can oh, get to, to keep trying to get a better score to no, get somewhere, no, no. or to, to just take keep it trying. so that they can so they can become like a higher rank and then they can join a different job. Or but by can, then they're not kids anymore. They are like fifty years old or whatever, <laughs> and that was like ancient history, and we learn in textbook. Yeah, yeah. So we were like as kids, we've been educated how important Gaokao is, and then. And of course, it's like formulated, like formal education. We're talking about it, and your parents definitely will, will skip that. And uh, and then that's how we raise up. And then like Tiger Mom is like nothing new, right? And we, like and then it's like it's not only about like people will change where they live. People will buy school district houses. People will change where they live. People will like you know um, you know bribe the teachers. Like these are the things that your parents are willing to do if you're a kid in China. And um, that's even beyond like being a tiger mom regulating you every hour, right? So, so and then um, by raising up like that as a kid, and right now, you know, it's like people in their thirties become parents. Mm-hmm. They know it's not a path that they want their kids to take, right? It's like so they're not trying to be the same as their parents. Exactly, and days. then and then they know like the future is going to be unpredictable, right? It's like if you look into how the industry is changing now, it's like WeChat doesn't exist when I came back in China, which is in 2010. Yeah. But I can't imagine using this. I can't imagine I can get food delivered within half an hour. For those who don't know, WeChat is this app that is both a social network and a purchasing platform for the real world. (laughs) It's like everything. Would you say it's like a Swiss army knife of tech? Right. Okay. So yeah, like if you're interested, just download WeChat and can check out their interface. Pretty cool, and then so so these are the things that um, you know it's like enables people to see the world differently. But people don't want to be tiger moms anymore. What is it now? Well, we call it panda moms. Panda, mo- <laughs> panda moms. Yes. So it's like panda moms is this type of people who are like I don't want that you know pushing <laughs> too hard for my kids. I want them to be their own. We actually interview parents that who will classify themselves as panda moms. Ah. She's like, you know, I, I want my kids to do, like, they love drawing, say, like, they love drawing. Like, they show me, like, their kids' drawing as well. And then we put her into, like, a drawing class, after school class. And the teacher was teaching her in a very, you know, like, regulated way. You know, it's like, you just copy the drawing in certain ways. And I quit that class. Exactly she said. It's like, I quit that class because I don't want my kid to lose their own creativity. Sure. And I was like, that's amazing, right? And then. That's very different than that's the very way you different. grew up. Exactly. And it's like, I'm not training my kids to be like, you know, an artist or anything because if you draw well, you actually get extra points in Gaokao. But, like, she's like, I just want them to enjoy it, right? And at the same time, she is so anxious. She's like, you know, like all the friends, like, She's like, I'm consciously building up my own social network that people are, are with parents like me so that we can echo each other, we get support from each other because otherwise, huh. I will get bombarded by all the people who are tiger moms who are like, you know, my kid is now in third grade, he can do a fifth grade test. I was like, and she's like, I, like, I just need to avoid these voices. But at the same time, she's like, 
you know, I'm not sure. So it's, it's, a, it's in transition, maybe. It's in this very, you know, if you look into how people are doing now, it's like it's overwhelming and it's very confusion, confusing. Uh, if you're parents in China, like it's a very tough job. Yeah. Like it's not only about you know raising your kid and keep it alive, you know, keep them you know happy. It's like it's confusing. It's like, should I buy a school district house? That means like millions. Change districts to yeah, get change, into the better school. Right. Like, and then should I do after school classes? And what type of after school classes? And uh, if I don't do after school classes, what is the implication? And uh, like all these tons of implications. So yeah, I know it's like I always think it's extremely stressful, and I think like part of like some of our designers in the company they they want to do this because like they want to find a better way to think about how to educate their kids. So that you were saying that there's also community centers that might be thinking in a way that's more uh, that that sort of thinking about okay, mm-hmm. so if the, the if the parents have this habit, this social kind of. Um, exercise of going to drop their kids off in right. an urban area at the after school, you know, I'm sorry, you know, at the at the teaching center right. to do extra work to get their better grades right. or better Gaokao scores. Like, is that, you're, you're saying there's some implications there for, like, businesses looking at how to kind of take advantage of that or slash, like, kind of play off that reality? Sure. Um, the community center right now, actually, when they're thinking about how to bring kids in, um, because there's also, Gaokao is also reforming. Like, if you look into JMD's mm-hmm. report, like, recently, it's actually reforming into more capability-oriented. I mean, it's, like, it's a little bit hard to do that because, like, how do you quantify capabilities and skills is a, is a hard question, right? I understand that, in other words, the test, just in a nutshell, one of the changes is instead of having the students have to take a battery of different subjects, they can focus on a couple. Is that right, or am I wrong about that? Yeah, it's, like... I think the the current ones we're still looking into how they're going to exactly reform it. I see. It's not um, sure. 100%. Yeah, it's not hundred percent sure. And also, like I would say, it's a gradually improving mm-hmm. system. Yeah. Because you're looking at you know like first year parents, you're looking to you know capability building, skill sets, or global exposure. But you're also looking at fifth year, like or even in village. Sure. And they're like there's a lot of different parts of China. Yeah, there's a bar- part of different China, and then so like whatever the reform that Gaokao is going to take is going to impact the millions and you know like people that ranging different from like different education resources and also point of views, right? So like I'm like I think the reform is going to be like very conscious and going to be slow, and it's okay. Um, but like back to the topic of the community center, and then. Um, most of the community centers are not actually preparing for tech scores. Like the examples I showed in the presentation are not going to be preparing for tech scores. Um, they are more like capacity buildings or competencies, and these are the things they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we see, like, and that's actually, you know, not as different as like the in the 1980s when like there's community centers who are doing that. You know, mm-hmm. like dancing classes or drawing classes. These are the things they were talking about. So they're not that different. Um, and then we see the opportunity of like being, you know, the current model is like you, you drove your kids there or you take your kids via tr- public transportation there, you drop them there and you go somewhere else or you just sit there and doing nothing or dive into your, you know, WeChat or whatever you want to enjoy on your cell phone, right? So, so right now it's like we see a lot of potential. And if you look into the mall example, right, it's like how, you, how they are engaging with the three generations of the whole family. We think the next generation of these learning centers or the community centers is going to engage the whole family. 
Like, how can you bring in engagement of both grandparents, parents, and the kids? And we also know that, and that's not only about from a business incentive, right? It's like business incentive, of course, increase the consumptions and other things like that. But even from a desirability incentive, desirability angle is because, um, like, based on the education projects we did, we found out, you know, it's like. In most of the times, it's not the kids need to be educated; it's the parents need to be educated. <laughs> it's like help them to form up their own, you know, point of views or you know, understandings about what education is really about. So build up their confidence、mm-hmm. because they will pass anxiety to their kids, like no matter what. And kids, like there is no future of that. So how can you, how can you helping them to learn about parenthood, which? You know, we know that I think over the globe or like internationally, parents doesn't want to learn. Like, like there's no like there is incentive for them to learn, but there's no incentive for them to sit back into the classroom, go back to the Gaokao time and pass all the exams on how to be a better parent. There's no way of that. So, so it's like how can you enable them to grow up as parents and to learn to be a better parent, but through a more engaging way. Sure. That's when I see, you know, like entertainment consumptions or like the experiences really come into play. You know, it's like how can you engage? It's engaging mechanism rather than a teaching mechanism. You also said for the、um, this is changing topics slightly. Go ahead. But I heard there's something、um, there's something that I that there's like a trend called the monetization of knowledge. There are a lot、oh. of popular,、um, but I think it equates to something you mentioned in your talk, which、right. is. You know, videos and podcasts for self-learning、yeah. informally,、right. for you know whether they're parents or just grown-ups and whatever. That's spinning off from maybe TV shows or other things. That's getting popular.、Right. Can you say a little bit more about that? Because that's that's interesting in a way. In the states, there are things like MOOCs, which are these、mm-hmm. right. you know、yeah. free online classes,、right. um, and there are podcasts that are taking off like crazy. But it seems like there's something a little different is happening here in China. It is. I think.、Um, Uh, I mean, comparing to like the angle I took, like unconsciously took like less from a traditional education angle because I, I personally also took a lot of MOOC classes, which I didn't end up finishing. <laughs> That happens a lot. Yeah, I'm like the ninety percent of dropouts, whatever it <laughs> right, is. Right, right, yes. So, so the thing is, what happens in the in that field is like you can see like entertainment talk show. And then people in there are debating about you know the issues in China, whatever it is, and they can articulate very pro- provocative points.、Mm-hmm. That, this is a like, TV show people are yeah, watching. Yeah, and then it's like people are thinking about their life differently. And then after that, you will see them putting up podcast classes on the podcast like, classes. Yeah, yeah, and then like you know they charge like two hundred RMB, which is like. Uh, you know, twenty dollars per. I think per, it's about right. Yeah, twenty、yeah, bucks whole, US for the whole for the whole class, and then you got millions of subscribers within ten days. Wow! And so, they just sign up on WeChat. N- no, they sign up on a different like、uh, podcast platform.、Right? I see. Okay. And it's like every class is like ten minute talk, and、mm-hmm. you can listen to it on the subways. You can l- listen to it whatever, and it's very light. There's、mm-hmm. no interactions.、Mm-hmm. It's basically one way communication, and you just listen.、Mm-hmm. Right? It's passive. Um, and there's also other platforms like Douyin, and then it's another platform which is like, because the previous one is more like podcast, and then the Douyin is more like learning platform. You go there, you pay for the class, you actually learn, but it's still using the same format. It's like ten minute talk, and then for like two hundred talks or a hundred talks. And these are popular. 
these are extremely popular. These are like, we saw one professor who joined that talk show program, and then after one week after that program, he has 30,000 subscribers into his class. Huh. And, and his, paying subscribers. Yeah, it is paying. It's like 200 RMB again, right? So it's like, wow. You know, it's like how, and I think the reason of why that appears is that basically we're talking, I mean, we're looking to the demographic of these subscribers as well. Like if you're looking to these things, they are mostly uh, university grads who are in their late 20s to early 30s and mostly in like super tier like Shanghai, Beijing, Shenzhen, or they are in first tier cities. And we, we thought about why this will happen, right? And we also talked to people. And it's like, because if you live, live in these cities, you, it's super competitive. Hmm. And there's a gap in between you know, university education with career education, right? Basically, a lot of things you learn in university is outdated any minute you learn it. And then, so, so you go into you know, your career, you're like, okay, how should I behave? How should I you know, play with a pro like project? How should I interact with people? How can I make my point across? Mm. Right? These are the things that school won't teach you. And like, people are like, okay, where should I go? So they saw this talk show and they're like, okay, I'm going to su subscribe to this class. And it's like 200 bucks, whatever. You know, I was like, it's okay, 200, 200 RMB. And yeah, then, like 20 bucks US. Yeah, yeah, and then you can take it, like the subway in these first year cities will take half an hour. So it's like Right, you're fit. in the subway anyway. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like, I think the rising up of the adult education in China is going to be, going to be the next wave. Um, but the formality might be different. Because huh. first, it's probably not going to be computer focused. Yeah. We saw a lot of like, you know, like education startup want to enter China, they are like, oh, we have a website. I'm like, uh, is it mobile friendly? <laughs> you know, it's like. <laughs> you like no one's at their computer. I'm so. like, yeah, like nobody is going to focus on computer because they, they look at a computer for work. Yeah. And they want to shut it off yeah. whenever they have the chance, right? And then so it's like, how can you break up your edu like offerings into different channels and engage with people? And it has also has a tonality of like, it's almost entertaining. You know, we talk about how entertainment and education is intertwined, especially for adults. It's like, it's like, it's almost as like, you're listening to a story. You're listening to a like, you know, a drama or anything. It's like, it's a very, it's a very engaging way of how teachers are telling about their stuff. So it's like, you know, if you're looking into the teachers in there, they, they view themselves more like celebrities. It's like opera. You yeah. know, it's like rather than like a teacher who is going to you know exam you like they are like role models rather than something else you know? yeah, and teachers culturally in China are, are a bit different than in the states right as far that's as how true. they're seen culturally that's true yeah like teachers you know it's like we had always saying is like teachers are like your father you oh. know you they build up your you know ethic views they build up your point of view of life how you contribute to the society and these and are very highly respected it is very respected, yeah. But I mean, it's like right now it's changing. Like oh. Because of the, if you're looking to the GDP expense of Chinese GDP and how much it has been, like the, how much of profit has been distributed back into the education system, I think comparing to most of the countries, we are actually on the low side. Hmm. Like the percentage, percentage of that is actually on the low side. Um, I think, you know, it's like a 
like due to the development stage of China, I think people are still like the government is still looking into a better ways to you know bring in more resources. That's why you know like Mr. Xi Jinping talk about we're going to open up the shareholding limits, right? Because because of that, then we can have more resources in these fields. Um, which means, like, actually, if you're looking to the salary of current like primary school teachers and middle school teachers, it's it's really low. Oh, okay, okay. So it's not yeah. like they're given some huge amount. Of money. No, no. Yeah. Like they they are paid quite poor, and then, um, but I mean, it's like respect is still there. You know, it's like parents respect them, kids respect them. Um, but I mean, it's like what type of talents can you attract if the payment is not there? Then yeah. that's an issue, right? And you're and we're talking about it's not like an NGO type of thing. We're talking about the whole China of like billions of people need to be educated. So it, it needs seems to be more like sustainable. It seems like all these kind of really cutting edge tech companies going strong here in China are really you know, obviously getting into education. Right. They write about this a lot. And one of the things is is the tutoring online. It seems like there's a lot of online education. Right. And you mentioned some of these new ideas of like adding like face recognition to right. see if the students are really attentive and that it's getting kind of it's getting kind of interesting as from design point of view do you want to talk about that a little bit sure yeah i mean um i think our first rally news or i actually see a demonstration from i saw a demonstration from one of the parents we talked with um, she can actually saw her kids lively in the class, whether he is engaged or not. There's like a face detection, and also there's a rank. You know, you can see the curve basically. Like her right, kids. they've they've turned it into data by using the webcam, like to yeah. analyze the students' yeah. attentiveness. Right. Huh. So basically, huh. she can see a curve of concentration. The parent or, can. Yeah, the parent can, and it's wow. live. Wow. Yeah, it's not like a summarized report. Right. Or later on, I'll tell you. Yeah, yeah. it's like it's live. Huh. Um, I mean, so I ask, I asked her about how it feels, and she seems very indifferent. You know, uh -huh. it's like, first, like you wouldn't actually spend like two hours or one hour just looking at your kids. You know, it's right? Like, You've it's, got other things you're doing. Yeah, and then second is like, I think from a designer perspective and also ethnographer perspective, it's like, what's the implication? You know, it's like, of course, there's like there's a lot of ad tech companies in China and also globally. It's like they do things in the form of more of like because we can perspective, right? It's like sure. we can just do that, and then that become sort of a selling point to parents, right. of course, uh, because that's actually target like targeting at a fear, right? Like the, the fear, fear that the the fear the kids were left behind. Right? That, it's that like, it's not good. Right. It's so, not working. So it's like it's not working or like the fear is my kid is not engaged or my kid, my kid is not working hard enough or, you know, these are the fears that parents will have. Yeah. And then they talk about the fear and then use the technology to do that, right? Yeah. But from a designer perspective, we're like, first, how useful it is, right? It's like, does it help you to, is it constructive feedback? <laughs> That's what we talk all the time, right? Is it constructive? Second is like, does it build into like, can does it help the parents to become a better parents? Mm. Does it does it help the teacher to become better teacher? I think these are the questions to be answered rather than, you know, we have a face detection, right? So because a lot this face detection is a new tr it seems to be a trend around here. A lot of the companies right, are trying. Right, and it's like, I mean, it's perfectly okay. Like we are tracking that we're analyzing, but then. I would say it's like how, you know, it's less about what, but more about how. It's how are we communicating and what kind of things that we want to 
have, and that comes back to the you know the purpose and the mission of the company, right? It's like, what kind of education do you really want to do? Yeah. And if you really want to just gain market share, pure, like purely, then of course you're going to do that, right? It's like without filtering, just let you to give have all the first-hand materials and do whatever you can. It becomes a, like a gimmick in the market. Everybody wants to have it. But I think there is a strong, like, you know, implications. And also, like, if you just use a bit of empathy, if you're the kid sitting in the classroom and thinking about your parents is watching you all the time, although they may not may not actually do that, because like, what's gonna happen? You know, it's like if you're a kid, you're like, ah, oh, you know, it's like, yeah. it's not big it brothers are watching. Appealing, right? It's like, it's your families are watching, and you're like. What the, you know, like these are the things I think kids will consider. Yeah. yeah. Well, one last question. I'm curious what you, do you have any advice for American educators based on the experience here in China? Because some of these trends of, you know, the pressure on, you know, parents are in the U.S. right now, you see increased spending on after school programs, you see right. some of the same trends, concern about anxiety about which college, right. you know. Um, and then what happens after college? Will they get jobs? Right. What, do you think there are lessons from the China market that we're talking about and some of these examples for American educators? I think maybe it's like if you, if you, we are thinking about educator, like education offerings want to enter China, I think one of the big notions I have and also working with clients from different industries who enter China like successfully and also like some are failed is like, if you only think about you can copy and dump your stuff in here, you're going to be horribly wrong. Um, not only because the you know like the politics are different, the structures are different, the mindsets are different. It's because like people behave differently and the ecosystem is differently. And that's why today I draw a lot of you know examples from other industries because people live like education is only one piece of fabric in our whole life, and there's different perspective in the life that impact how we perceive education and this whole thing is different in here so if you're looking to pizza here hut, in china yeah, yeah so it's like if you're looking to how pizza hut just changed the whole thing from you know like you buy in target and you got one piece of pizza and you went home and eat it yeah Done, right in here it's a theme park huh you go there and enjoy birthday party with your friends and they have like amazing menus every two or three months. So they basically rebrand and reinvent themselves. Like Nike reinvented themselves, Starbucks reinvented themselves. Like they all has this like a China version of this. Yeah, it's like they have a China version, and right now they are bringing this version to outside. Yeah. Like Starbucks did the grocery and reserve in Shanghai first, and then went back to Seattle, huh. and did another version. It's like. 1.1 version of the Rose and Reserve. I was like, I was really amazed by visiting these two. I was yeah, like, interesting. Because you're like, from Shanghai, you work yeah, there. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, wow, that's really interesting to see how, or I don't know which one is the first, you know, it's like, I can't remember, <laughs> but it's like, it's really interesting how, like, the inspirations from China are actually influencing the rest of the world. So I would rather like just to encourage people to come here, uh -huh. and then with all like the Mr. Xi Jinping says like we're going to have a lot of opportunities, and of course we're going to have a lot of opportunities and monies and attention and love and passion, um, but also it's like treating this not as a place to just being a cash cow. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. Well, it seems like that's a big theme these days. Is it's it's it seems to be like there's 
instead of just seeing China as a, a market, right. a place with a lot of humans, right. that, <laughs> that, to say, like, wait, there's a lot of going on here. I mean, like we've talked about WeChat, you've talked about some of these examples that are, you know, kind of more forward-looking in some ways technologically. Right. So, great. Well, thank you so much for sharing all this. Appreciate it. It's great to meet you. Thank you. This has been the Ed Surge On Air Podcast. Every week, we bring you conversations like this one, and we hope you'll subscribe to keep up with future episodes. This episode was edited and produced by me, Jeff Young. We'll be back next week with more about the future of education. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 